0: Overwhelm, It is perhaps the number one challenge our Wellness Couch listeners face. It's also the number one reason why many listeners can't get to our live events. Well, we have listened to our listeners and we are putting on our first online event, Release Your Overwhelm. So exciting, MP. Put Saturday, November 23 in the calendar. Log in from your phone or your TV or your laptop anywhere in the world and tune in to Kim Morrison Brett Hill Marcus Pierce Wendy Stewart And Jason Witten, Release your overwhelm about time, relationships, money, your body, and most importantly, you. Access is just $10 and available at releaseyouroverwhelm.com. Book in now at releaseyouroverwhelm.com.
1: Hey there BQS listeners and welcome to today's episode. I'm Dr. M and this podcast is designed to help inspire change in how you see, manage and use your stress. So you can be the queen of your stress, not your stress being the queen over you. In today's episode, I'm very excited to be continuing the Q&A session that I recorded with the amazing Dr. Damien Christoph. For those of you who've been following along on the BQS journey, you would have known that we actually had a live event in Shell Harbour in October 2019 that we were inundated with so many questions at the end of said live workshop that uh, Dr. Damien and I decided that the best way to answer all of those questions was to record a podcast that we could release over the five episodes that will be getting released over the BQS network. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. It is third part, what will be a five-part series of all the questions and our answers to those various questions from our Head, Heart and Gut first workshop in shell harbour uh, in october 2019 for those of you who are not familiar with the amazing dr damien christoph he's an amazing naturopath nutritionist and, and an amazing chiropractor he is a regular on triple m in melbourne he has had his own television show called downsize me he is the co-founder of the wellness couch which is an amazing podcast channel which is the channel that BQS is currently hosted on. He does a plethora of other things as well, and he's an all round great guy, and I'm very, very blessed to call him one of my dear, dear friends. So enjoy today's episode. It is the third part of our five-part series of our Q&A special from Head, Heart, Gut First. Where I want to go next, DK, is that there was a question around kids' stress and, and how to best manage kids that are stressed out. And what you've just said brings me to one of my thoughts around that when it comes to kids that are stressed is one of the first steps you can make sure that you're doing is spending quality time with your kids, which I know in busy yeah. lifestyles that sometimes can feel like that's almost impossible, but particularly around meal times. I mean, I think about one of my mum's favorite sayings, one of Yoda's favorite sayings is feet, hmm. one of her favorite times is feet under the table. It's Having her people, we're all sharing a meal. We're breaking bread. We're having conversations. That's very much was part of our upbringing. Was dad would get home at a certain time. We'd all sit around the table. Sure, I'd be trying to watch the television over mum's shoulder, but you know, we we had conversations around the dinner table. And and I think in today's busy lifestyle, is often people are eating at different times. Uh, they're sitting kids perhaps in front of or kids aren't putting screens down while they're while they're eating. And and for me, one of the best ways to start helping kids with their stress is actually, A, to be spending quality time but also having that ag- engagement whilst eating and I think that's really important for adults too, right, because we, we, can, we can get into a habit of eating on our own all the time.
2: Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, you're sitting down with people. It's one of the greats And we've got a little gratitude rattle that we have at home and so yeah. we'll sit down and be happy and we'll pull out the gratitude rattle and you, you rattle it and then you, you give gratitude and ask to give three gratitudes a day, we don't always achieve it, but you know it doesn't mean we're not grateful. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll do our little rattle and then um, and give give some gratitudes about yes. all the great things that we have.
1: I love that. And the other thing we used to do was love and learns around the table too. Is what did you love today? Which what, what are you grateful for? And also what did you love learn today? It, yeah. Because one of the things that that achieves love is for, that. for within family space. If you're actually not used to ha- this, might sound might sound funny. I know I've had moments like this where you like, oh, what are we going to talk about? Because if you're not used to actually conversing with your family, this is actually a really nice conversation starter because then you can continue the conversation from there um, and get to know what each other have done throughout the day as well, which is super important. Um, and, and I think that that's when it comes coming to kids and their stresses, that's one of the most important, uh, important first steps amongst other things as well, which we might touch on as, uh, as we yep. continue today's conversation. One of the questions that came up, DK, was uh, can stress... Cause uh, can it aggravate autoimmune diseases?
2: Uh, Absolutely, yeah, of course. Um, So, quite often, when people ask that question, they ask in the vein of you know, emotional stress Mm. that's what their primary process isn't around, you know, stress. Uh, You know, stress is an emotion, yada yada yada. But you, you know, described it beautifully in presentation, Dr. M, that there's three types of stress. Mm -hmm. So, you've got chemical stress, emotional stress, and physical stress. And each of those sores are the things that, as chiropractors, we talk about those causes of subluxation. Or mm-hmm. uh, let's put context around that. So subluxation isn't mm-hmm. a most dislocation, which is what the medical professional would call it in a chiropractic, We refer to subluxation as a dysfunctional or a poorly moving in the spine that is now affecting the nervous system. So... You can that, and you can take that out to any joint in the body. Uh, but generally, uh, from a chiropractic perspective, we're talking about the subluxation of the spine. In other words, the dysfunction of the spine affecting the nervous system. So, in any wherever there is stress, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, chemical, we're affecting the nervous system, and and then the of the nervous system to adapt to the environment, uh, and so on and so forth. So. If it's a chemical stress, let's consider it be food, for example, and, of course, that can affect um, autoimmunity. Um, and if we're talking about you know, uh, physical stress, you know, it could definitely be affecting the nervous system. There's no doubt. Um, and then, of course, be affecting the immune system and then, of course, being um, autoimmunity. So we should always considering the fact that all types of stress can actually affect the nervous system and the immune system.
1: Mm-hmm. And that brings it into insomnia as well. Is is there any other causes other than stress of insomnia? And I think that probably answers it in the sense of um, there's those three areas of stress, the chemical, physical, or emotional, that are going to have that impact on whether somebody's able to sleep or not able to sleep. Yeah, for
2: sure. Like a physical one might be um, increased adenoids, for example, There's sleep apnea for mm. example. Or, you know, maybe there is pain. People might have restless legs or magnesium insufficiency. Some people might be, you know, addicted to food, in which case that's continually charging them up mm. and them to sleep. Or maybe they might have an addiction to a chemical um, mm. like right. in a pharmaceutical drug, a prescribed drug or something like that. So that could also be affecting too.
1: Absolutely. And can people get addicted to stress in terms of cortisol? Like, can people get stuck in an addictive cycle of that stress state of being stuck in fight-flight.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It feels good to be stressed. You know, it really does. Like you, generally, like if you remain in stress at fight or flight, it feels good so much done. Um, over time, they can wear you thin and over time they can result in um, effects, negative effects, yeah. fatigue and weight gain and um, appetite suppression or then, you know, increases in, in the reverse. And so – but the feeling of racing or the feeling of competing or the feeling of um, running towards or away from something, that adrenal, you know, load can feel so good. And will, you know, do get addicted to it. So you hear about cortisol boys and um, adrenaline, um, what are they called? Adrenaline junkies. serotonin seekers.
1: Yeah. Cortisol junkies.
2: cowboys. What's that?
1: Adrenaline junkies.
2: Adrenaline junkies, that's what it is. Yeah. Or, you know, absolutely. So, those people that are addicted to adrenaline, they kind of they do everything they can, their adrenal secretions, you know, cranking. So, that could be caffeinated beers, or it could be, you know, high performance sport, or it could be pushing their body limit, or it might be leaving things to the last minute, or it might just be driving fast on time, you know. So, just all those sorts of things.
1: One of the things you talked about the other night, which, um, I think it's perhaps appropriate because some of the obviously people listening back to this uh, interview and our conversation, whether it's on 100 Not Out or on on Be the Queen of Distress, won't necessarily have had the context of what we were talking about the other night. But the other night you mapped out how people go from from caring to stressed to overwhelmed to insomnia to depressed. Can you just run us through that quickly, DK, if you don't mind? Because then I have a couple of questions around that. That I think are going to be really helpful for our listeners.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, caring and compassion is um, is a human experience. It's a human, um, well, it's more mammalian. So, I think it's it's you think about cats or dogs or horses or right. hare that have compassion. They, that's something that they do. Um, in a fight or flight, when we go into stress, um, we disengage from compassion. So we don't we we are no longer compassionate until that stress okay. away. If the stress doesn't go away, then we don't show compassion. Um, we might do but we don't show compassion. So generally when we're, when we're stressed, it's prepared, but it's very difficult to be compassionate at the same time. Graduate um, up. So in other words, if you never really reset that stress, that, that when you've had a sleep, the next day when you wake up, your level of stress, your set point, your base level of stress has actually wound up. It's actually... Um, it's, it's spiraled upwards so you, you kind of graduate to the next level so the next level of just being stressed is kind of overwhelm um, and that overwhelm which people don't like to feel of in terms of anxiety is, is a catalyst for insomnia because if that's not dealt with then you can lie in bed feeling overwhelmed and and you're often craving food and eating too much all that sort of stuff when that's going that catalyst um, or graduating step insomnia eventually leads to depression. And so when you're not really well, you decrease your manufacture and availability of serotonin. And so essentially you start to crave more foods to eat foods, which makes you more sleepy. And then so you start to eat more foods because serotonin, dopamine hit that you get from eating food, um, make you feel better. But then you become reliant on a medication. In other words, medication becomes food or food becomes the medication. Yeah. Um, and then depression spirals out of control. So, the exact reverse of that test needs to take place to get people out of depression. It's not just taking a tablet. It's uh, it's achieved from you know marching yeah. through change and shift and and graduation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Now, of course, when I'm recording this, you guys might be getting a little bit of background noise because a work site next to me has decided now is a very appropriate time to be soaring something very loudly. So I apologise if there's background noise at the moment. Um, to that, there was a question around um, extra things that you should be doing to get out of a stress state. So if you are in that depressed state, um, let's have a conversation around some key things people can be doing to shift that.
2: The depressed state?
1: yeah so so if somebody's yeah. in that last stage if they're up to that stage where they're the depressed, what are some things that you would suggest people are doing to start moving back towards the caring end of the spectrum
2: Yes nice. there's a few things, and some it's best to start with that yeah. stuff too because when you're depressed it's hard to see the wood from the trees and it's you know very it's not a great place to be it's not a great way to feel um you know, from an empathetic perspective, I, I understand what you do because we've all had periods of depression in our life, and some people go through depression. It, it can take a long time to come out of it. But one of the greatest things that you could do is increase serotonin, but not through a medication. Increase your serotonin through thing, um, through getting outside and getting some sunlight, making your sunglasses aren't on in the middle of the day, so that you're actually getting light. Um, affecting the pineal gland for manufacture of melatonin when we're to sleep so you actually start to manufacture more of your own serotonin And so there's a few little hygiene things that you do so um, breathing's rewarding, important so lie flat on your back on a posture pole with your arms stretched out uh, in kind of the shape of a crucifix that would enable you to regulate your sympathetic nervous system to go back into a, a parasympathetic which is really healing and it's a great place to be so Breathing is great. Lying flat on your back on some kind of a foam roller or a posture pull your chest muscles out. Um, Walking every single day, taking glasses off, um, laughing lots. These are all things to to move back towards insomnia, away from them, and then move towards anxiety, uh, and then again towards stress and then compassion uh, finally.
1: I love that. And I had an interesting question which did make me smile a little and it speaks exactly to what you were talking about. Somebody asked if, if uh, getting in the sun is important but I can't walk because I don't have time, is it okay to sunbake in the backyard? And before you answer that, one of the things that came to mind for me was if you have time to be in your backyard, you have time to walk was the first thing that came to mind. But um, what are your thoughts around sunbaking in general? <laughs>
2: Well, the old roast is, uh, I love it. Like, to be honest with you, I love it. But obviously we know enough about the sun uh, to understand that it also has okay. damaging consequences. So you don't want to be baking to the point of the ending. Um okay. And just because you do get sun, it doesn't mean you're going to get cancer. Okay. That's, that's a misconception exactly. in advertising on the part of uh, of what we see on the television these days. You see somebody lying down in the sun and it makes a funny crackling noise, pork crackle. Um, and then you see this tiny little black thing, you know, migrate from the skin cells into the bloodstream, which is supposed to make you think that that's a cancer cell uh, or melanoma cancer. And then that you're going to die from that as a result. So it's a very scary proposition. But being in the sun is incredibly helpful. Uh, and there's some great information in, around that, um, which... Maybe we can talk about another time, Maria, but yeah, you know, the sun is beneficial. But about 20 to 30 minutes a day is probably what most could get away with as a minimum. Um, and, and that wouldn't be a problem. But the sun is so healing, so beneficial to the body, but it does burn the skin if you're out there in the sun for too long.
1: And that's it for the third part installment of our five-part series of Q&A with the amazing Dr. Damien Christoph. To find the amazing Damien, you can find him on drdamienchristophe.com or on 100 Not Out, which is his podcast with the amazing Marcus Pierce. For those of you who want to join our BQS movement, make sure you pop that in the search bar of Facebook and you'll be able to request to join our closed Facebook group. And to be able to do your eight-ball quiz, make sure you jump onto www.thequeenofstress.com. That's it for this week, BQS listeners. Bye for now and I'll catch you next time. Well, that's it for today's podcast, BQS listeners. Thanks again for joining us. Remember, if you would like to subscribe, make sure you hit subscribe on iTunes. And if you want to stay in touch, check out our Facebook page, The Queen of Stress, or on our Insta, The Queen of Stress. For more information and show notes, be sure to go to thequeenofstress.com to continue our journey together. Hope you have a fabulous week, and I'll catch you next time.
0: This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch: Streaming Wellness into Your Lives.